Hey, Coyotes fans, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, here coming to you on Saturday evening, January 18th, 2020. The Coyotes coming off a 7-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers just this afternoon up in Alberta. And uh, Coyotes fans are rightfully, you guys are are freaking out over this one. And uh, I can't really say I blame you guys after... The Coyotes are are basically at this point limping into the All-Star break. Losses in back-to-back games against the Vancouver Canucks and Edmonton Oilers, two teams uh, who were nipping at the heels of the Coyotes. The Oilers have now now leapfrog over the Coyotes into first place in the Pacific Division. I apologize if my voice cuts out from time to time. I'm I'm battling a little bit of of an illness here, so I do apologize for that, but we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can. Uh, the Oilers getting up into first place with a win over the Coyotes, and the Canucks uh, sitting just behind the Coyotes with I think like three is it like three games in hand now? I think the let me just check out the standings open right here. So, yeah, so the Canucks still have three games in hand. They play uh, Saturday night. Uh, they're gonna be uh, lacing up against the uh, San Jose Sharks at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, that'll be a game to watch. And, and the Coyotes now wrapping up uh, 57 points into the all-star break again losses and two and two of their last three two straight and five of their last six games so uh, i asked you guys to give me your listener questions on twitter and you guys came through so appreciate you guys uh sending in your questions we're going to be getting to all of them in this game because there is there is a lot to get to in in this episode of locked on coyotes because a lot has happened since our last episode which i think was only two days ago uh the coyotes going on the road for what i told you at the time was a crucial two-game road trip up in canada and the coyotes just absolutely i don't want to say laying an egg because the they didn't they weren't awful in the vancouver game just a lack of execution i thought uh but certainly a a very uninspiring performance against edmonton on saturday where uh, a lot of just kind of boneheaded mistakes and and they bring on Toronto back in you know again saying he's healthy and uh, he was he was not good. He was he was just not good on Saturday at all. And uh, I think what's maybe the most concerning about these Coyotes' mistakes, especially those that happened uh, on Saturday, was that these are, these are mistakes are coming from veterans. I mean, I know Clayton Keller hasn't been playing particularly well, but he's not the ones. He's not the one making you know these mistakes. It's not Nick Schmaltz making these mistakes. It's not Jacob Chikrin making these mistakes. This is Alex Galagoski giving a puck away uh, in the defensive zone and then losing his man in the same sequence for the Oilers' second goal of the game? It's Phil Kessel on the power play, just passing into traffic for no reason and giving out a shorthanded opportunity to Josh Archibald. I mean, these these are the veterans who, who are making mistakes in these games. It's it's sort of it's sort of baffling. It's sort of it's sort of just baffling why this is happening. And uh, you know, you, you think of this Coyotes team, and if I told you that these mistakes were being made, I don't think you would be picking out these guys as as the culprits. And yet here we are. It, it really has been the uh, it really has been the veterans, and, and that's that's the most concerning part. Because if it's a young player's problem, you can teach these young players, right? But these are these are your veterans. These these guys are supposed to be the backbone of your team, and and you're just not getting anything from them. And and 
I put Antiranta in that group too as as a veteran player who just simply hasn't been there. And I I, I understand you can't fault a player for for really being injured, but I think you can fault a player for maybe telling a team when uh, t- telling a team that you're ready to play when clearly you're not ready to play. And that's happened, I think, on multiple occasions. Antiranta has not played a full game since January second. January 2nd, he's appeared in three games between that stretch. So here we go. January 2nd, Arizona at Anaheim. Antti Ranta makes 26 saves on 28 shots, 60 minutes, and he gets a win over the over Anaheim, right? Next game, January 4th, Arizona against Philadelphia. Antti Ranta makes 17 saves through two periods, leaves with injury. Okay, lower body injury, we're told at the time. Ranta misses a few games. He comes back on the 10th at Carolina. Stops 25 of 28 through two periods, doesn't finish the game. Here comes Aiden Hill, Antti Ranta, another lower body injury. And guess what happened on Saturday? Antti Ranta comes out, two periods, and he's gone. Although we not sure if he's injured or not, but he didn't come back for the third period. He probably should have been pulled a lot earlier than that as he was just hung out to dry for a whole lot of that game. He simply just didn't have it. I mean, the... Um, he, he really just he really just didn't have that third goal. I mean, he just pushes in with his own knob. I mean, really not a whole lot the Coyotes uh, defenders could have done better uh, on that play. So just a, a, a lot of things not going well uh, for the Coyotes. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Clayton Keller, and, and we're going to be getting to Clayton Keller, I think, a little bit later on because you guys had a lot of questions about Clayton Keller and the power play and the lines and whether or not uh, that Schmaltz Soderberg Keller line needs to be broken up, which it was on Saturday. But don't put too much stock into the lines you saw on Saturday because Rick Tockett was just trying to throw uh, crap against the wall and just see it, what if it looked good. And uh, spoiler alert, it did not. So that was pretty much what happened. Keller was down on the fourth line when Michael Shapu and Vinny Hindestroza and Connor Garland had has been taking uh, his reps on the first power play unit uh, for the last couple of games now. Keller, though, did pick up an assist uh, on Oliver Ekman Larson's power play goal uh, uh, in the in later in the later minutes of of that game. But I guess before we get into the listener questions, before we get into uh, all of that, we just kind of want to put a bow on on the situation that that is the Coyotes right now. They're fifty seven points in. Let's take a look at the standings. Let's pull up the standings here real quick. So right now, as I'm talking to you, it is 5.03 Arizona time, 5.03 p.m. Arizona time, Saturday, January 18th, 2020. Edmonton is in first place with 57 points, 49 games played. Calgary, who lost on Saturday, also 49 games, 57 points. Uh, They're in second place. Arizona, 51 games played. Two more games played than both Edmonton and Calgary. Also 57 points. So both Edmonton and Calgary, two games in hand on the on the Coyotes, who are now off for two weeks, pretty much. 57 points in 51 games. The Coyotes have lost 25 games. They have won 26 of them. Up next, you have Vancouver. 48 games. That's a three-point difference from Arizona and 56 points. And again, Vancouver plays later uh, on tonight, Saturday. They play the Sharks. And then you have Vegas. 50 games played, so one fewer than the Coyotes and 56 points. So, what does this all mean? It means that the Coyotes could be out of a playoff position by the time the rest of these teams have wrapped up their pre-All-Star break schedules. The Coyotes, who were in first place today, entering this game, could be out of a playoff position. They could be down, they could be as low as fifth in the Pacific Division, and based on what some of the other wild card teams uh, do, 
in the uh, in the Central. Winnipeg only has 54 points. That's three fewer than the Coyotes, but they have only played 48 games. So three more games remaining uh, for Winnipeg. Let's see if we can – who is Winnipeg playing today? Are they even playing today? Did they not play today? Oh, that's weird. So the Winnipeg still has three more games left, and they don't even play today. That's a little bizarre. But, um, yeah, Winnipeg, 54 points. So they could, they could get right back up there. And then, of course, you have um, – uh, Chicago, I'm not too sure about, you know, 48 games played, but 50 points. So if Chicago wins their next three games and they, they, be, they pull even with Arizona in games played, they're only what one point behind Arizona. So this is what I'm saying. I mean, this is, this is a lot more dire than I think a lot of people realize these two games were huge. And I said this a couple of days ago on the podcast, these two games were absolutely massive. And if these other teams play their cards, right, Arizona could be out of a playoff spot. Uh, by the time they come out of the all-star break. That's how big this swing was, and that's how much uh, that's how much of, of a loss the Coyotes really took in this game. Uh, I, I mean, I think, like, you know, you lose two games, you lose two games, right? But it, it, it also hurts a little bit more given the fashion in which they lost uh, against Edmonton. I mean, they, they really played poorly in this game. They had some players who just did not show up, and honestly, it really just looks like Taylor Hall – and Connor Garland uh, are really two of the only. I mean, I thought Oliver Ekman Larson played well. You know, you're really trying to kind of pick guys out here that are, that are playing well. It's not really easy. I've really liked Lawson Krause's game lately, and I think the Krause and Stepan and Kessel line has been pretty good. I mean, you know, it's a little it's a little bit of a, a give and take with um, with Phil Kessel sometimes, but I've really liked. I think Derek Stepan has been very positionally sound of late, uh, and I've really liked. Uh, Lawson Krause's game and that, that Garland Dvorak Hall line has been very very good. I thought Nick Schmaltz worked pretty hard uh, on Saturday. I thought he worked pretty hard. Soderberg and Keller kind of out to lunch and um, you know I think that fourth line you can kind of take it or leave it. Defenseman I thought Jason Demers has struggled for a long time. Alex Goligoski had a really rough game. I liked Ekman Larson. I thought Kyle Capobianco was just fine. Um, I thought he was all right. I mean, he's coming in for the first time in a while, so not not a whole lot you can ask of Alex Goligoski there. Nick Jalmerson was steady. Nothing wrong with Nick Jalmerson. And, um, you know, Jacob Chikrin has taken a little bit of a step back, but he's still, I think he's been fine. Um, so just guys need to play better. Antje Ronson needs to play better. He needs to get healthy. He needs to play better. No doubt about that. Um, no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, you hopefully you're going to get Darcy Kemper back here coming out of the All-Star break. That's the expectation. Who knows? I mean, this is two weeks away. I mean, you don't know. Things can go wrong. Things can happen. Who knows if, if Darcy Kemper will be back. But that's pretty much where the Coyotes stand at the break. And not to be too doom and gloom with you guys, but uh, it is it is a rough situation right now. Based on what could happen in the next couple of days, things could look really, really, really ugly for the Arizona Coyotes coming out of the break. We're going to take a quick break here ourselves here on Locked on Coyotes. When we come back, we're going to be answering every single one of your listener questions that you guys sent in. I promised I would answer them all, and I'm going to keep that promise. I am going to answer every single one of them once we come back right after this.
And we're back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, of course, and we're taking all of your listener questions here on Twitter, guys. You can follow me. I am at Morin underscore AZC on Twitter. Uh, from time to time for these podcasts, I will be soliciting listener questions. So if you would, if you have something on your mind, something Coyotes related, a Coyotes question, you just want to send me uh, a note or a question on Twitter, just give me a follow. Uh, I am the Coyotes beat writer for the Arizona Republic and AZ Central, so I'm around the team every day. Just uh, shoot me a follow there on Twitter, and you can you know participate in these future uh, Q and A's here on the podcast. So uh, that's your little plug here. So we got a lot of comments, a lot of questions from you guys. Obviously, this game struck a chord with quite a lot of you, and rightfully so. So I uh, I actually sent out the first tweet asking for questions after the first period of this game so uh a lot of some of these questions are uh kind of related to that the first one we got was from timmy hate on twitter question what the actual f was that first period i don't know timmy that was uh that was something to watch and like i said it was a a bad phil kessel turnover on the power play it was a really bad alex galagoski uh giveaway and then uh bad coverage by him in the same sequence uh, a lot of that, a lot of uh, not so great play from Auntie Ranta either. That was pretty much the the first period in a, a nutshell. Uh, we had Johnny Clements asking, "Why do we suck?" Uh, by we, I, I'm assuming that you mean the the Coyotes. Um, I'm not sure. Why, I'm not sure if they suck. I don't think the Coyotes suck. I think the Coyotes are a pretty good team. I don't think they're playing very well. I think they have a lot of guys not playing well, um, and that is, I think. What what is concerning is that they they have a lot of guys right now who just aren't playing well. Maybe the maybe the break fixes that. Maybe the break kind of lights a fire under some of these uh, underperforming players, guys like Clayton Keller, uh, guys like Michael Grabner, Brad Richardson, Alex Galagoski, guys, uh, Antti Ranta, you name it, guys who have really fallen down a well and need to come back up. I mean, Jordan Osterley is is a little banged up, but he's one of those guys. Jason Demers, I mean, I can go on and on, right? Um, Joe asks, what, if anything, should the players take from this game? Referring to Saturday's 7-3 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I'm not so sure that they could take anything from this game, to be quite honest with you. I don't really think they did a whole lot well. Uh, I think that the Taylor Hall line can can keep looking at their uh, at their performance and, and be happy about it. I think so. I think Taylor Hall, Connor Garland, and Christian Dvorak can keep looking at their unit and say, hey, we're doing a pretty good job here. I think Kyle Capobianco can be pretty happy with the way he played. Um, that's pretty much it. I think Oliver Ekman Larson had a pretty good day, you know, but there's really not a whole lot else um, that really you can, you can take from this game, except maybe just to, just to say, Hey, these are the really important games of the year and we're not showing up. So maybe we should start showing up. Maybe that's a, a lesson that, that they could take from this game. Uh, from Jonathan, why is our goalie dodging pucks like that? Like he's literally getting out of the way when they shoot, never seen anything like this. I don't know if he's dodging pucks. I'm assuming you're referring to the Connor McDavid goal uh, where he snuck one through Ronta. Ronta was kind of cheating off the post a little bit to to play the pass. Uh, So it it might have looked like he was dodging the puck, but really he was just cheating off the post. And Connor McDavid just picked picked a good spot and and, and made Ronta play for it. You got to know. I mean, you, you could say, hey, you know, not a whole lot of players can do that on Ronta, but Ronta knows that that's Connor McDavid with the puck. You can't give him any room. You know he's going to burn you, and he did. Um, let's see what else we had here from you guys on Twitter here. Let's see. Going to have to go to my next post. Here we go. So then I posted after the game asking you guys for some more questions. And from uh, Joe Ducko, 
What do you think about the decision to play Ronta today? Was it worth it to get him some extra playing time, or is this a bad loss, or is this bad loss a hard hit to his confidence? That's a really good question. I sort of felt the same way. I didn't think that Aiden Hill had been playing terribly. I didn't think he was he was great. On, in Vancouver, I don't really think he's been great in any game. He's been okay. I think he's made some big saves, but he's, all, he's also let in some bad goals, and that seems to be the status quo with Aiden Hill. Um, but again, it comes down to, you know, Ronta seems to be telling the team, hey, I'm ready, and then he comes into the net, and he clearly does not look ready. Uh, I It's hard to imagine that Aiden Hill would have been better. I mean, it's hard, I'm sorry. It's hard to imagine that uh, Aiden Hill would have been worse, but at the same time, right, it's all hindsight. You know what I mean? Like, on paper... A game of this a game of this magnitude, would you not rather have Auntie Ranta on paper? You know, yeah. I mean, I think yes. You know, obviously you saw what he did, and you say no. But you know, that's kind of all hindsight. Uh, I think it might be a big hit to his confidence. You know, Auntie Ranta is a guy who wears losses real bad. He gets real happy when he wins, and he gets real sad when he loses. And this is one of the worst losses of his career. Uh, I, th- I think one of the worst performances of his career. So um, I think uh, you know, hopefully it's not too hard a hit to his confidence, but. Based on you know kind of what I've seen of of Ronta in the past, he really he really takes it uh, personally. So that can either be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Uh, uh, depending on um, depending on how you look at it. A couple of you guys asking about lines. Uh, Joe um, also asked me, how do you think the lines need to be played after the break? What lines do you shake up, and how? Obviously, the Keller Schmaltz Soderberg line hasn't been producing. And then Jennifer Del uh, Principe asking. Um, who do you pair back with Schmaltz to get him hot again? Line shift suggestions. Well, I mentioned Nick Schmaltz. I really didn't think Nick Schmaltz was was all that bad on Saturday, to be honest with you. I thought he actually worked relatively uh, relatively hard uh, compared to a lot of guys. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, I thought, was okay, uh, especially when it was uh, uh, Grabner, Soderberg, and Schmaltz toward the end of the game. I thought Schmaltz really looked good. Like in the third period, I was I was pretty um, I was pretty impressed with his work ethic. Um, so I'm not really sure. What do you? I mean, I think I think you need to pair someone with Schmaltz to get them going, right? Like, I mean, look at what Keller has been doing. I mean, yes, that Keller Soderberg Schmaltz line has not been working. I don't know what you do. To be honest with you, I don't know what you do. Clayton Keller, I just don't know. I mean, he he is really a, a tough one. He, you know, entering this game. I mean, I know he got an assist uh, tonight, but entering this game, he had no points in six straight and three points in his last eleven games. Prior to that, he had 16 points in 16 games. So I, I don't know what 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 to make of that. 16 points in 16 games from November 23rd to December 20 23rd. That's a full that's a full calendar month. It's 16 points in 16 games, point per game pace, right? That's what Taylor Hall is doing right now. So that's really good. And then Taylor Hall trade happens on December. Uh, well, the first game was December 17th. Clayton had. Clayton was on a point streak. He had, and so I don't think this is a Taylor Hall thing because I mean Clayton had two, three, four, five points and and uh, six points in four games after the Taylor Hall trade. So it's you don't tell me that the Taylor Hall trade has made Clayton Keller unproductive because six points in four games right after and then went ice cold. So I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean Clayton, I just don't see it from him. I mean he he had, I mean I haven't seen, I haven't looked at his ice time from uh, from Saturday but 12:32 of ice time in Vancouver. He just hasn't been earning his time. He just hasn't been earning his time. He hasn't been playing well and there was one shift where it really stuck out to me where Clayton Keller got a partial breakaway. He's got the puck. He all he's got to do is take the puck and go in alone 
and he couldn't do anything with it. Did you guys see that play? He couldn't do anything with it. It's almost like he knew that an Oilers player was right behind him, and he, he was just heard footsteps behind him and got spooked. I mean, he really looked like he got spooked and uh, didn't do anything with the partial breakaway. That was baffling to me. I've never seen uh, Clayton Keller do anything like that. That's that's when Clayton Keller just looks wrong. He just does not look right uh, right now. Um, just did, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of line you put him on. You know, maybe you know, you want to say, hey, you know, put him with Hall. You know, but it's like. You don't want to break up that hall line right now. I mean, that's that's the last thing you want to do. So uh, we're going to take another quick break here on Locked On Coyotes, and we're going to answer the rest of your listener questions right here on Locked On Coyotes. All right, Coyotes fans, Richard Moore back with you answering your uh, listener questions here on Locked On Coyotes. Uh, we answered a lot of your questions earlier on in the podcast, but we're going to get through the rest of them here uh, as we make our way through the home stretch of this episode. So Kathy Boyer asking, I see poor puck handling game after game. Poor puck handling equals turnovers equals goal. Today's game was a great example. Has this issue been addressed? You're obviously referring... Of course, this is all in response to Saturday's 7-3 loss to Edmonton. Um, yeah, it's been it's been tough. And I think, like I said <clears throat> earlier on, uh, a lot of the, the mistakes have been the result of, of the of the veterans, right? And then that's what's really concerning about this. Like all of the all of the turnover a lot of the not all of them, but a lot of the turnovers and a lot of the mistakes are, are coming from established players. And that, that's certainly the concerning part. Has it been addressed? I have no idea, but it certainly should be. Um Next question from Cindy Beatty. How does talk get Keller consistent? He's a good player. We've seen it, but he has no confidence and is very inconsistent. This team needs to shine. I know he's young, but at this point, that can't be the reason. Love him when he's on. Absolutely. It's done. I mean, Clayton Keller, uh, he's over 200 games now. He's been paid. So the, the, the argument of, oh, he's still a young player, no. You can't hide behind it anymore. I'm sorry. You're, you've been paid. You've been in the league for 200 games. This is your third year. It's over. You know, you you don't have excuses anymore. You're getting minutes. You're getting time. You're just not playing well. <clears throat> so uh, that that's just what it comes down to for me. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't know how you get him consistent. You, you have to find a way, though. I mean, that's uh, – who do you put him with? You know, who do you want to put Clayton Keller with to try and get him consistent? Honestly, I think I think it's just – Getting Clayton Keller to be good with Clayton Keller. I mean, he needs to be able to. I mean, it's it's really an isolated thing. I don't think you can just put Clayton Keller with somebody and fix the problem. I think you have to fix Clayton Keller because he's broken right now. He looks broken right now. That's that's where I'm going to leave that. Austin, what's the deal with the power play? I don't know, man. It's uh, it seems like the zone entries have been really tough for them. They looked a lot better on zone entries on Saturday. Power play actually looked all right on Saturday. I know a lot of the game was in garbage time, so you know how how hard can you judge it? But I thought it was all right. They just need to get comfortable with each other. They need to, they just need crisper passing and and they, they need guys. They, they need to use their bumpers a little bit more. I think that that would go a long way. But yeah, it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been very good for them. I think the zone entries have been tough. It's like they get into the zone and then it's Phil Kessel has been the guy who 
I've really not liked on the power play. He's not making good passes. He's passing into traffic over and over and over again. And uh, and I don't really know why. He had a wide, he got set up perfectly in his faceoff circle for a one-timer and didn't take it on Saturday. I have no idea why. I just I just don't see Phil making the right decisions a lot of the time on the power play. Um, but certainly a lot of other guys are, are to blame as well. All right, we have a uh, pack to the playoffs. Asking, should the Coyotes try to trade for one more piece before the deadline, possibly another top six forward, or should they just try to make do with what they have? I don't know how you fit a top six forward into this group. I don't know how you fit another forward into this group. You already have Christian Fisher on the bench. I mean, Barrett Hayden's going to get healthy, and he's going to be an extra. I, I, I just don't really know you know, what you're going to do. You're not, I mean, you're certainly not going to trade anybody off this roster. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think if they're going to pick somebody up, they might pick you know maybe a, a heavy physical player uh, for the blue line. I, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, Rich Ranta has just been bad. The where uh, where is the captain? Come on, OEL, Phil Step, all these leaders, and and what the puck? Uh, Hall can't do it alone. Very confused bunch at the break. The one All Star we have is hurt. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little confusing, and uh, you know, uh, like I said, Auntie Ranta has not been very good. You know, how much of that is due to injury? You know, we don't know. Uh, we're not allowed to, like I've said on a previous show, we're not allowed to talk to injured players. So you know, who can say? Um, yeah, I thought, like I said, I thought OEL was pretty good. I think Derek Stepan's been fine. I think Step's been a good leader too. I think Phil's been good in the route, but like you know, inconsistent on the ice. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, Taylor Hall and Carter Garland can't do it all by themselves. I mean, they had one line going on Saturday. That's just not going to get it done. Um, ben, how much longer does Talkit have? I mean, of course you're you have the recency bias, right? Like, you know, Gerard Gallant gets fired and now everybody, you know, who doesn't win every game is on the hot seat. Well, I don't think Rick Tockett is going anywhere. Um, David Marlowe, is it time to scratch Keller for a few games to wake him up? Loads of talent, but weak mind and heart overshadow his talent. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think like attacking his mind and heart there, it's kind of, I, I don't know if, I think that might might be a touch out of bounds. Um, certainly he has a load, loads of talent and certainly he's been underperforming. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, maybe a scratch does do something for him. We've been spec, we'd speculated that at times last year as well. Maybe that's what gets it done for Clayton Keller. I don't know. Um, but it's, you know, again, in a playoff race, it's kind of hard to scratch one of your most talented players, right? Um, so you sort of have to make weigh that decision. That would be a, that would be a tough decision for Rick Tocca to make, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Not at all. Um, the way he's been playing, I think he, he needs some kind of message and you know he got sent down to the fourth line and you know maybe that's enough of a message i don't know that's up to rick tockett and then finally we have one from kevin how long uh, how does talk keep the team from laying an egg every time they are about to go into extended break into the schedule yeah i mean i think uh you know a lot of that comes down to preparation right and it's a, how your coach prepares you but you know at, at the end of the day it's it's on the players the players are the ones who have to perform and look, I know everybody likes to rag on Rick Tockett's system. It's not a system problem. This is not a problem with Rick Tockett's system. This is a problem with the players, I, in my opinion. I, I just don't, I just don't see these players working enough. You know, so I think like, you know, obviously you're the coach. You have to accept responsibility. And I think Rick does. And I'm not saying he's not partially responsible for some of these shortcomings, but. Look, the players are the ones on the ice. You know, Rick can only do so much. He can only prepare these players so much. Coyotes have had some rough schedules. They've had some big injuries for sure. But at the end of the day, it's on the players, and that's kind of where um, that's kind of where my mind goes. And uh, obviously, everybody can have their opinions. And you know, I know, you know, everybody's looking at every coach on the hot seat now after um, Gerard Gallant. But I, I, 
I think Tockett's done. I don't think you can argue with what Rick Tockett's done over the last you know couple of years. Um, you know, increasing the Coyotes from basically nothing into into a playoff contender. And um, you know, like I said, I think there's been some shortcomings, and certainly you know, certainly he's made mistakes. There's no 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 getting around that. Everybody does. But uh, to me, it's on it's on the players. I think you know the coach prepares you, but you have to prepare yourselves too. You know, and that's kind of. Uh, that's kind of the idea, right? So, all right, well, that is going to do it. Those were all your questions here uh, on uh, this episode of Locked on Coyotes. Thank you guys so much for, for tweeting in. And uh, our next show, we'll, we'll probably record a show in the next couple of days uh, once all the other teams wrap up their games for the All-Star break, and we'll give you a, a more clear snapshot of where the Coyotes stand at the break. But for now, I've been Richard Morin. You've been my listeners. This has been Locked on Coyotes. We'll see you guys next time.